G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Mike. And I'm Dale. And welcome to our weekly episode. Now, Dale, lots going on around the Eurovision sphere, particularly around national finals. Yeah, I know we say this every week, but this is particularly busy. December is not normally like this. <laughs> we normally have just a slow run up to uh, Festival Kungus for Albania, but we're getting... Uh, national finals and artists and songs coming mm. out. It's it's very early in the season. It's very interesting. It is. Normally we're pecking on crumbs at this point of the year and we are feasting. So uh, plenty to talk about in this weekly episode as well. Indeed. Well, we start off with this morning. We did have the fourth quarter final from Estilaul. Uh What did we think of this morning's show there, Dale? We have some fantastic hosts. Uh, Yetta. Yeah, great. Uh, hosts good again. I really like people coming back, um, th- uh, these Eurovision artists from the past. Uh, really good to see them um, do a good job and be part of the show. Absolutely. I thought all pairs of the uh, hosts did really, really well with the uh, quarterfinals. Well, it wasn't just about the host, Dale. It was for results. Let's talk about some of the songs that got through this morning. We'll start with a very familiar name, Ort Lipland with Al Valgusas. From hosting duties last week to qualifying duties this week, Dale, what do we think of Ott's uh, song? I was so pleased to see him take part. I mean, just being a host last week was great. Massive fan of his song from 2012, Cooler. Um, This was everything I was hoping for and more. It's a more mature sound from him. Mm -hmm. He's like 34-odd now. Um, And what I really like about this is a massive showcase for his vocal. He is a strong vocalist, and you can hear it throughout this. I found it really compelling. I love the video. It was a little bit detective series in Estonia looking for the body and my <laughs> yes. wife's at home upset, but it was it was fantastic. A little bit of, and I'm probably stealing a talking point from you mm-hmm. here, um, but I felt like it reminded me of something you might have heard from Robbie Williams 20 years ago mm-hmm. around that feel um, time, but Ot can sing a thousand times better than Robbie. I found it really compelling. It is my favorite of Esti Lau so far and a real contender to take out the crown. Mm, well, I'll definitely agree. I think it is a contender to do pretty well here. Look, I do, I'll say it's a strong ballad. It definitely suits his strengths, which is the vocal side of things and plus also walking around looking brooding. Um, <laughs> look, it does feel a little bit dated. This is not the most modern piece of music we've heard, Dale. Um, and he does get a little bit shouty, I do feel, in parts of the song as well. So it'd be interesting to see how he does reproduce that vocal life. I think the live performance is going to be everything on this one because it's either going to be touching and moving and powerful or potentially a lot of noise and maybe not so contemporary. contemporary. So I think you're going to get modern versus this to decide the title, but who will they be? Mm, no, definitely one of the contenders, I would imagine. One of the others to get through on the public vote this morning was Elisa with Fire.
This was some very Scandi Dale. What did we think of this one? Oh, yeah, yeah, fire. Um, <laughs> something very familiar about this song where I feel it takes a lot of elements from something you hear out of maybe Panic Records down in Greece and Cyprus, um, up in Melfest as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that Eurofans will be able to recognize and almost do a tick box bingo to, but it's enjoyable. And you know what? You don't often see something in Estilau where you've got an opportunity to do some really upbeat cho- choreography. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen very hmm. often, and I like to see something different. This is great, and I think it's going to add a lot to the semifinals. Is it the most original thing in the world? No. Did I absolutely love it? No. But I enjoyed it enough, and I think I'll probably enjoy it even more live. Bring me some wow. Yeah, I saw why it got through. Swedish songwriters there with Linnea Deb and Andrea Stone involved in this one. Very, very prolific writers, particularly in Melfest and other places in Europe. It has got a bit of a, it may have been rejected from Melfest feel about it. I have to say that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, it. I see the positives in this. It's probably just a little basic um, to probably go all the way. That's what I want to say. Look, it is a little basic, but we know with these songs that they will elevate live. Uh, look at um, Matahari last year. Even look at Fuego. Now, they're at a much top bigger level than this, I was going to say. That's an but interesting. <laughs> let's bring it back to a national final level. Mm. This is studio. This is designed for a live performance. So I'm going to hold out some hope that I think it might bring a little bit more let's say, fire to a live performance. Yeah, I I agree with that. Now, the last of the public votes to get through was Black Velvet with Sandra. Another one, perhaps, that we uh, I wasn't so much expecting this genre to be coming through in Istilaol. Uh, what did you think of this one? Well, look, these guys have been around for decades in Estonia. Their, one of their songs is a real nostalgic hit. Uh, I guess think of the Estonian horses or whatever. And they were even <laughs> singing it um, yeah. during the show today. Mm-hmm. So they were going to be popular. And they were, I always felt they were going to almost just get through no matter what. But this is actually really good. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure It sounds like something of a throwback 80s, 90s sound there. But there's a lot to hang on to with the song. Like, I really quite enjoyed it. Um, Do I think it's the most original piece of music ever? No. But I wanted to pick up my phone and vote for them at the end. I really enjoyed it, and I was glad to see them get through. Okay, well, you're a bit more keen on this one than I am. Uh, Very electro with a Schlager chorus. This is something I would imagine Avingana does. You know, out of out of you know, we know them from Melfest, for example. There is so much nostalgia in this, but there is actually some quite modern production elements that they've brought into it as well. Look, first of all, delete that video and start again. That was cringy. Agree. Oh my gosh, so cringy. But apart from that, look, they've obviously got a domestic audience there that are willing to vote for them. So you know, not to be discounted from appearing in the final. This one, I would imagine, interested to see how it comes across live. Um, you say Electro Schlager, that sounds like Avignana. How do you say Avignana? Avignana. <laughs> Thank you. You say that like it's a bad thing, Michael. That is an amazing thing. That's ticking a lot of boxes for me. I'm, well, I was loving it. It was great. But I agree on the video. Yeah. Yes. Start again. 
All right, so they were our public votes. Mm -hmm. The jury's put through two songs this morning, as they always do, and we have a minimal win featuring Elizabeth Tiffany with What to Make of This. Minimal wind dale, always a good thing. <laughs> well, look, it is always a good thing. To Unless you're a wind, wind farm or a sailor, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, look, we have a lot of coffee to watch the um, early morning national final, so minimal wind is a good thing. <laughs> but this, I was a little bit surprised it got through, I won't lie. But I can see what the jury went for with this. Mm. It's very Sunday afternoon, sit back, have a glass of wine, chill out and it's a musos musos kind of song i kind of agree yeah they haven't been really rewarding those kind of songs so far so i was surprised if it was last year or the year before i'd be like oh yeah i can see the jury putting this through so it's a little bit inconsistent about what they've been doing but it was obviously enough to stand out and look they're newcomers to Mm -hmm. and that's nice to see them being rewarded and they seem like nice kids yeah, and look, I mean, adding a different sort of genre and a different style of music into these semifinals isn't a bad thing. Keep that variety going. It is a very chill back song, isn't it? Even in its production and everything. It's a very lovely guitar in the this song. The guitar's really nice. Really, really yeah, good. Yeah. I'm afraid the song for me, just a little too languid for mm. me. I, I, I don't want Sunday Sunday chills when it comes to Eurovision. I want a bit of action, you know. Thank so, you. Yep. unfortunately, minimal interest from me on that one. <laughs> um, let's go through to the last qualifier from this morning. Morning. Let's go to Pearmud and Shira Golden Shores. start on this one dale because i think this was my favorite of the night what yeah it was the first song up and i must admit at that time in the morning i was a bit oh okay well that's solid but then once all the others went past i went you know what that first one was really really good um i think there's a really catchy up-tempo pop song here I really like the production. I'm almost getting a One Republic feel from from his vocal te- uh, style and tone mm. and also the songwriting and the whole thing, the production, the song. It feels fully formed. And, and I think this is really, for me, one of the strongest, and, and it is an electro mid, you know, mid-tempo to up-tempo song. They can fade in the background. But for me, this really, really stood out. I really enjoyed this. Wow, I, I didn't realise you loved it so much. It's probably a bit modern for your taste, was it? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I will agree that the running order did not help. When at first, I was excited about this. I like Shira. They sounded really interesting. And then that came on. It was 5.30 in the morning. Mm. So I was like, mm, okay, I kind of expected more. And then I kind of forgot about it and liked some other songs and was kind of naming them as my top five. And then the recap came on. And I was like, oh, actually, that's better than about three of the songs I put in my top five. So I had no issue with this going through. I like it. I can mm. see what the jury liked in it. I think there's a lot to, to, to like about it. Um, I'm worried about how this is going to translate live. Mm. But at the okay. same time, I've got no issues with it getting through. 
Shira missed out last week. This is someone who's had two songs in the, mm. in the process. Um, so good to see her get through because she is a great artist and she's had some great songs in the past as well. So no qualms on this side. Not loving it as much as you, but hey, no mm. complaints. Yeah, really enjoyed that one. Got a couple of months to get it right for the stage. <laughs> okay. All right. So they were the ones that got through. As always, some do fall at the first hurdle of the quarterfinals. Let's just quickly run over a couple of these. Look, it sounds like the outrage was this morning. Ariadne. Yeah, Ariadne was definitely the one that fans were most upset about. Probably the most upset the entire Estilal season so mm. far. We did even a poll on our Twitter thing. Um, Alora, who's who's covering it, um, did that. 42% um, from the four votes was all on her. Mm. Much more than anybody else. Laura this morning was most upset about this result. We did a video about it on YouTube. Um, she's, I think it's a, a, unfortunately a bad ending because I think this is her number one song. She absolutely loved it. And I think a lot of other fans felt the same way. I really liked it. I had it number two originally. I probably might drop that down a little bit now, but I do think I probably would have swapped in this song from Ariadne instead of Minimum, minimal wind. Yeah, yeah, minimal yeah. wind. Yeah. Um, look, I have to say, all the ones that fell are solo females this morning from this quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we can put in there Ella and Tit and Emily J. I think they fell in the same category, really, as Ariadna there. Maybe they cannibalized each other's vote. I do think they did. I mean, definitely on the telly vote that happens. It's mm-hmm. probably also happened a little bit on jury because they all had something a little bit different, but very much the same, if that makes sense. So. Mm-hmm. That jury member goes for that. That jury member goes for that. It's, I don't know, it just end up, I think, killing each other off, which is a real shame because I think one of them, which I do think was Ariadne, should have gone through mm. the best representation of that kind of genre. Yeah, who knows? Maybe next year they'll have a wild card or something. We'll see. I was, I wish they did. Yeah, and the last one, I guess the last one I really want to talk about was uh, a lady called uh, Dramanda who caught my attention with her song. Um, the song was very atmospheric and a kind of, you know, like an electro ballad, which, you know, is very East Um But she was hilarious in the in the um, the room where the artists were. She was, well, first of all, they blanked out her smoking in her video. That's obviously a no-no in Estonia. Wasn't last time I went. Um, and then she was filing her nails and just being generally funny in, in, the, in the artist room. Yeah, and she was pretending to smoke in the artist room That's as right, well. Yeah. Um, she's an actress and she's been on some great shows over there and and I think the actress was definitely coming out and she mm-hmm. performed so well in the music video. The song was absolutely fine, nothing wrong, and good on her for giving this a crack. Yeah. I kind of want to go and watch. There was a Finnish, Lithuanian, Estonian, Latvian spy thriller or something she's in. She's I want to watch that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, again, a great personality. We've discovered mm. some interesting personalities throughout this who may not be the best singers or musicians in the world but hey it's made it entertaining yeah i think the quarterfinals from uh, sd this year have been very good very entertaining all right mike let's go to czech republic we received the seven songs and artists who are competing in escz the Czech national final. Now, this is a full video mode as well, much like the Astilau quarterfinals, but we've got about a week to vote. The public can vote. There's international juries. There's Czech juries. There's a lot going on, <laughs> but really interesting lineup of these seven songs. 
Yeah, look, I agree. Um, always, what's the word I'm looking for? Eagerly awaited uh, the ESCZ uh, songs. Now, I think this format is really working for them. It has in the past. And look, I think it's a solid selection without really blowing me away. But there could be a couple of little gems in there as well. Exactly. This is all about young artists, um, really interesting new music. So uh, good on Czech Republic for this new approach that they're doing. Now, the Aussie Vision team voted on these seven songs, and we're going to talk about the winner here, and the winner was Judy with Yazinki. In the world of magic In the world of spells In the world of magic This was a pretty closely run affair in the team. 120 points to the runner-up on 108, who we'll get to later. Um, what do you make of this? It's had a lot of discussion along amongst the fans. There's a lot of talk about Judy. Yeah, look, I guess it's one of those songs that's going to divide people. So mm. straight away, you're going to have some people that think this is just amazing and some who think it's complete trash. Um, when we first heard this one, I was on the other side of the room and I just went, oh my God, drama, and ran straight over to the computer to see what was going on. And I wasn't disappointed when I saw the visuals. Look, it's an, it's an intriguing song. It's very, very atmospheric. Um, she's got a very modern vocal style. So it's there's something very captivating here. There are inherent weaknesses here as well. I don't know if the song itself is... I don't know, much of a song, really. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certainly not much of a melody. You're going to be whistling down the street or anything like that on your way home. Um, But there is something here. Mm. But there's challenges. And there is the challenges will be things like, you know, engaging a mass audience. We saw with, uh, you know, Portugal a couple of years ago. It's fantastic and arty and wonderful, and a certain percentage will get it. But you need a real percentage to be successful. Yeah, this is a really interesting one, and I think it splits opinion on not just a song, but also how this could do at Eurovision and if this is a Eurovision song. I think there's so much to love. Mm. She is fantastic. She's a great artist, and she gets the visual and the performance. Out of all the performances, it was the most well put together for a Eurovision stage in that little ESCZ environment. Um, the back backing... Dancers made this kind of three minutes feel quite short for something that is basically a kooky, spooky, um, mm. ethereal witchy. type of witchy <laughs> kind of thing going mm. on, which is definitely not normally my vibe. Mm. But I could not take my eyes off it. The thing is, it also it stands out. Like you do not forget this. Everyone remembers it, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. whether you think that's boring as whatever, or you think it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. I think there's something quite magical about it. I think there is something that can work. And the only, I think the biggest hurdle, you know, you've got with something like this is for it to get out of a national final. Mm-hmm. A seven song national final, people often will run to safety. It's a bit like having, okay, here's a white chicken sandwich versus something a little bit different and spicy on the side. Here's an entire chicken feathers and all. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I mean, like, who wants to eat that thing over there? Not yeah. as, everyone wants to run to the white chicken sandwich. But when you go to Eurovision, you've got 20 or 15 mm. or 10 white chicken sandwiches. But the people who want that over there will always want that. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where sometimes some great 
potential gets lost in a national final. Saying this, I didn't vote for this number oh, one. There you go. <laughs> Look, but I don't think it's my favourite song on this, but do I think this has the most potential for the Czech Republic to get a result at Eurovision? Yeah, I do. It could fall flat, but God, it could be really magical with the right This is staging. the high-risk, high-reward one, isn't uh-huh, it? 100%. Um, you get the visuals right on this one, and I think they could have something incredibly special. Um, at the same token, it could just fall into a wailing mess at the same time. It's really interesting because we're going to talk about this in a minute, but our podcast jury, who are people Mm. on our Patreon account, the people who voted this very high, all of them virtually, like Wade and Dan, for example, out there, these guys said, absolutely love it. Fantastic! This will not work at a Eurovision on a Eurovision stage. I Every single with one that. of them said that. Which I disagree is really with that. I think this is very Eurovision, very, very same, Eurovision. Same. So uh-huh. I completely disagree with that. All right. Well, look, talking about our podcast jury, these mm. are people who are part of our Patreon account, and they have been able to vote for their favorite. And this was an overwhelming winner. It is We Are Dommy with Lights Off. Where are you now when I miss you? You're sailing around in my peripheral. Where are you now? Where are you now? Where are you now? Oh, where are you now? Okay, Mike, our first vote of Aussie Vision Team versus podcast during week. I have very two different results here. Mm, very. But Tell me about your views of this song. Well, initially I was a bit, oh, so we've just got a bit of an EDM pop banger. Okay, yeah, no worries. But I've, it's really grown on me. There, there, this is really, it's a very pleasing song on first listen. There's a decent chorus to hold on to there. I, I think there's nothing here is wrong. Um, I like the production, like the chorus has almost got a, a Dmitry Filatov sort of vibe to it. For me, if there's anything here, it just lacks a killer moment that go, yes, that's something you should send. Because everything just chugs along beautifully for the amount of time that it does. And I think from what I saw in the video, they look like quite engaging performers. Um, But just, I think I've heard this before and I need something just a little bit more. Of course you've heard this before, <laughs> this, <laughs> but like this is out there a lot. And look, I love it. It's got this, it seems to um, marry this EDM pop that sounds like stuff I heard back in the clubs in the early 2000s, but also sound quite relevant to today, which is great. That's what you want from a mm-hmm. Eurovision song in a way. Something that a lot of people can actually hang on to and enjoy. I think she's a really good performer, actually. She gets everything out of this song because, as you say, it's hard to make this work live. And I think they build it up enough and have enough little moments to, to make it work live because often they can be quite one note, mm. quite flat. And look, this is definitely flatter than other songs, but they get the most out of it. Uh, I think in this lineup, it stands out. Definitely. It's my number one. It's my 12 points. I really love this. But I tell you what, there's a whole bunch of songs that can turn my eye when it comes to Eurovision, which is the whole point I was trying to make before. This is the best chicken sandwich here. Mm. Is there going to be other chicken sandwiches that I'm going to like better at Eurovision? I mean, and that's it. To come to get to a Eurovision level stage or something like that, I just don't see this giving the wow enough to a, to an audience or a jury to really go, yeah, okay, I'm sending that through. It depends yeah. on who's in it because if mm. you're the only chicken sandwich, everyone goes for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone's going to be hungry after I know, listening to this podcast. Think about San Marino, Sir Hat, got top 10 mm-hmm. in a telly vote with a pretty weak song in a year that didn't have a lot of bangers. True. Um, other songs in 2016 that were, you know, semi-bangers did well, same in 2017. So if you've got it and there's not a lot, then you're going to do well. If there's lots like 2018, you're going to flop hard. Yeah, fair enough. So fair you, enough. it's a it's in its own way another kind of risk. Okay, Mike. So look, we said it was a podcast jury. It was a very, very strong result. 112 points. The next closest on 72, which was not Judy with Yazinki. A couple of the comments here. We've got Leith saying this song sounds very current. The vocalist reminds him of Miley Cyrus without the country twang. Mm. Beck, amazing supporter, says this sounds super contemporary. It's a song I'd notice and add to my playlist, which is fantastic. And also you got David here saying, I love the vibe this song gives off. Very contemporary sound, extremely catchy, and a superb performer. And for me, she sold the song the best. Which mm. is great to hear from that one. There's an interesting point here that Jordan makes. Mm-hmm. Loves a song, but says, move it to the Eurovision stage and I can see it getting lost and becoming a hot mess. I can kind of see that as well. The one thing that also came up a lot was the lyrics. This oh, yeah. bed covers with lover. <laughs> hey, people were talking about this. I actually think the lyrics are really quite clever. People like Evan and Michael really agreed who who loved it. And Jordan, that we just heard from before, loved the song but hated the lyrics. So, look, mm. just goes to show you that Eurovision fans, you know, one person's trash is another person's treasure. That's very true. Very, very true. Okay, well, let's talk about the rest of the songs here, Mike. Um, third place with our team and the Aussie Vision um, contributors was The Valentines. Mm. What did you think of their song? It's okay. <laughs> it's a good pop song. Um, it's not the most sophisticated thing I've ever heard. I think lyrically it's it's lacking a bit. It's a bit clunky. Um, and look, and the production. I think they've got a simple song. They've tried to beef it up a bit, and it just sounds a bit over over-egged, unfortunately, for me. But it's fine. It's fun, it's poppy, it's interesting, mm-hmm. it's not a winner, but I could see it finishing third. Hmm. Yeah, no, no. All right, what about, what about Annabelle's song? Yeah, well, it's nice to... I know the Avril Lavigne sound, pop rock things coming back, and all the kids think it's nostalgia or whatever, but <laughs> well, I was alive when it happened the first time, so it's not nostalgia <laughs> for me, I'm afraid. Not a fan? Um, does nothing for me. Look, really. I actually thought, you know, this was actually quite decent. It came second in the podcast jury. It was there's enough to hang on to. She's a great performer. I could see this doing okay. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I can see those kind of juries and public voting for in ESCZ. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her get a good result. Fair enough. I, you're right. I can see juries and public voting for it, but it does nothing for me personally. What about the duet Jordan and Emma? Look, interesting one. Um, my first reaction to this one was, oh my God, she's such a better vocalist than him. Mm. Uh, but as I found out, they apparently are a, a real life couple. So, And I did like their chemistry through the video. So the visual side of it works. I just felt a bit jarring with, with the, the different level of vocal, shall we say. Oh, that makes more sense. In the press conference um, that we got to watch, they were a little testy with each other, yeah. but that makes more sense now. <laughs> yes. Um, I think this is a dark horse. Okay, this really? is a dark horse. Now, the reason why is this is doing really well on the Czech Spotify um, lot. It also stands out amongst this lot. The only problem is his vocal. I probably would have had this in my top uh, three, but his vocal I find really grating. But maybe others people don't have such an issue with it. Mm. Uh, I think there's the song itself I think is really good. So, hey, if someone's going to um, spring a surprise from the pack, it could be them. Possibly. They stand out enough. Possibly. Uh, what about 
Ellis. Yeah, I like this. I, I really like I like her. I like the sass that she delivered the song in. The rap slash vocal style can be off-putting and can be very wordy and make things sound a little busy. Uh, that might put a few people off, but it's the sort of one I thought, if she does that live, that could really elevate. Look, she delivers what she does very well. Mm. I like her as an artist. Do I like all her work? Maybe not my cup of tea, but mm-hmm. I can respect what she does. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, Skywalker. What do you think of that? Not me. It's not me. <laughs> it's just not my genre of music. It, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, it's not really for me either, <laughs> to be honest. And I don't think from what I've seen, it's not is much it, for other people. Is either. this another nostalgia one? Is that why we, are we going back to that, to that era again? I'm not sure. But look, <laughs> we're going to find out the winner this week. You can mm. actually vote. So go to the ESCZ um, website. We'll put it in the show notes, actually. So 25% is from the public international vote. 25% from the Czech public vote and 50% from the juries. Mm, so it will be an interesting result and we will have another Eurovision song by the end of the week. Well, also during the week, Dale, we did have an announcement out of Spain. We had the 14 artists announced for Benidorm Fest, which will take place in January. Now, we did have a whole group of names there, but one of them in particular may be very familiar to Eurovision fans out there. They might recognize it from this song. This is Azuka Moreno with Bandido. Azuka Moreno were the 1990 Spanish representatives a while back there, done 32 years ago now. Uh, famously, they had to restart their performance as I believe there was a bit of a problem with the playback on that mm. one. Um, they will be returning to the Eurovision stage, fingers crossed for them. What did you think of their announcement? I think it's great. Look, they are Eurovision legends. They are very well known, obviously, for that malfunction of the playback. But also, don't forget, that was an absolute banger of a song that came fifth place and that gets forgotten sometimes from them and they've obviously had a very long career since that point in time so what a wonderful way to celebrate them and just remember what great achievements they got quite a few decades ago. Yeah, it is nice to see uh, one of the older artists return there, isn't it? I have to say, there was drama in their performance in 1990, and drama seems to follow the sisters around. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. If you need any more, probably uh, Google them. But uh, yeah, if I think everyone's pretty excited to see Asuka Moreno back. Now, some of the other notable names we'll just quickly run through here, Dale. Uh, Rigoberta Bandini, she's a singer, songwriter, voice actress, and playwright. Surprised she's got any time on her hands. Um, she had a viral hit in 2020 with a song called in spain we call it soledad another young lady called sere diop she made her name at the voice kids i can see you wincing already there <laughs> da. Um, but she's working with the songwriters that have worked with dua lipa little mix the saturdays mm. so i think we've got some good little pop uh, music coming up there some other ones to keep an eye out for we have a boy band unique will be taking the stage <laughs> i wonder how unique <laughs> unique will be yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> now we also have tango Jeras. they're a all-female folk band 
So it's good oh. to see we're getting oh. you know, a variety of genres coming up here. And just a couple more I want to touch on here. Vari Bara. Now, they're an electro 80s-inspired kind of uh, band. So expect something uh, quite quirky coming out of them if you're looking at any of their former stuff. And also one more I want to mention, a young lady by the name of Luna Key. Now, she's very much a more independent art pop kind of artist. Very, very highly rated. She's let out a bit of a snippet of her song in the chorus and expect a bit of drama coming out of that one as well. So lots coming up for Spain. The songs will be out in full on the 23rd of December. The semifinals will kick off in January. Sounds like the Spanish are getting their act together with this national final. Yeah, nice to have a little bit of stuff just before Christmas. Uh, Mm. Feliz Navidad indeed. Um, Look, I'm quite excited about this group. Now, I think they were promising some big names might take part and look we, we probably don't have the big big names mm-hmm. but what i like is that you've got a lot of different genres we talk about that whole like something for everybody oh, like yeah. a, a feast a dinner feast for everybody a massive buffet of spanish music and i like this i like the sound of the different things coming out it sounds a bit younger it sounds a bit fresher and i don't think that's a bad route for spain to go down because they've got a massive music industry mm-hmm. and maybe People at the top aren't ready to come and give your revision a go because let's say it's not been going great for Spain. Yep. So go for the fresh young artists or maybe some veterans, obviously, as well to throw in there, um, which I think is a great thing to do. Uh, I think it will produce some, you know, some really interesting songs. Let's see if it produces a result. But yep. yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to see w- um, what they've got to offer. And by all accounts, they'll be sticking with this process. So I think uh, more established artists can have a look at this, see how it goes, and then see, look, look, I might throw my hat in the ring now next year or something like that. So Mm. I think we're on the right track with Spain. Fingers crossed. Well, Michael, Spain wasn't the only country to release some artists' names competing in the national final. One of our absolute favourites here, Mike, it is Lithuania, (laughs) famously or infamously featured every year from us since our podcast began. Uh, Pabandum is Najao is back Mm. again next year. Um, Very convoluted, long process I won't go into Mm. here, but we do have some really interesting names back. Let's start with some of the former Eurovision artists. Ieva Yazimaskaya, which was Ieva in 2018 uh, in Lisbon. Did very, very well. Yeah, when we were old, came 12th place. Um, Nice to see her back. Yeah, absolutely. She's been hanging around the national finals. She was presenting and doing that sort of stuff for a couple of years there as well. And she's been involved in the national finals many, many times before. Mm. So she's hanging around there. Um, Monica is back. She was part of this time in 2015. One of the ones that got kissed, the main woman. That's right. Yep. Lucky thing. He was quite handsome. (laughs) The kiss went on for quite a while. It did, actually. (laughs) So she's back again. We've also got Vilja from 2014. She non-qualified, unfortunately, with attention. That was such an odd song. Seriously, like I know some people out there really, really love it, but it was one of those ones that just started screaming at me within the first three seconds and it was a skip. Maybe it was ahead of its time. (laughs) Um, Also, Erica Jennings is back. She's been back a few times. She was Mm -hmm. part of a group back in the early 2000s who went to Eurovision as well, so that's great. Some other familiar names here. Gabrasi from last year with, or this year with Where Do You Want to Go, um, came second to the Roop. 
Um, big favourite of the fans. Uh, nice to see um, him back. There was a lot of chatter about him, wasn't there? And mm. everyone did want to see him back. Probably didn't stand a you know a snowball's chance in hell last year or this year. So um, fingers crossed next year he's a, he's got a good song and he's a chance to go. Yeah, get some nice melodic um, music mm. there, which is good. Ruda Loot from a couple of ones, which is good to see, and Voldemars as well. It's back again. Yeah, so a lot of familiar names, both on a national final front and also uh, from Eurovision. I mean, maybe the pool in Lithuania isn't that huge, but they always bring a lot of interesting things to talk about. And a lot of passion, don't they? They should keep us entertained for a few months, Dale. In, <laughs> I think, indeed. I think it goes for about six weeks this time, doesn't it? They've shortened it, oh, haven't they? <laughs> I can't remember. Mm. I think we, we basically delegate that now to Kerry Arkos yeah, to cover and to say what's going on. Yeah. We can't possibly handle <laughs> Lithuania. Too much going on. But look, it is something always very interesting and we can't wait for it to start. Absolutely. All right, the bits and pieces uh, for the week now. North Macedonia, Michael, they are having a national final. I'm so excited. I know. Um, really interesting because I haven't had one for a very long time. Um, we're getting a lot of national finals this year, getting back towards a number we had quite a few years ago because it was dropping. Uh, why do you reckon people are going for national finals uh, no. more than the internals? I mean, I don't know what the uh, music scene at the moment in Europe is like, uh, but in Australia, you know, artists couldn't tour, artists couldn't make money, artists couldn't. So maybe they've got a bit of spare time on their hands and they thought, well, let's go into a process like like a national final, for example. But there's something, I've got a feeling in my waters about uh, North Macedonia, Dale. I think, I think they're going to do something pretty special out of this national final. I don't know, maybe I'm hyping them up too much, but... Fingers crossed, because their junior Eurovision is excellent. So something's going on over there. Well, I'll, I'll remind you of that one. I'll keep that little <laughs> little nugget for yeah. later on in the season. I'm not, I'm not volunteering to cover it, by the way. <laughs> Talking about junior Eurovision as well, it takes place next Sunday in Europe, which is Monday morning our time. Mm. So next week's show will either be just before the grand final of junior Eurovision. But if it's a quiet week in Eurovision front, we may... Do the podcast episode after Junior. Yeah. So just watch out. We might be Sunday night. We might be Monday night. Exactly. We'll see how we go. So what sort of news we've got. We might include the kiddies in the wrap-up. Indeed. And we are going to be doing a special preview of Junior Eurovision during the week. Release out about Wednesday. I think we're looking at some time like that Mm -hmm. about previewing the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. So watch out for that one. Uh, full wrap up from us and the team absolutely it's the most awkward time of the year (laughs) we all have to talk about children and we have to be nice we can't be horrible or we just find ways to diplomatically say yep they're not great I'll just put the horrible comments on Patreon (laughs) (laughs) yep sign up okay well talking about that actually we've got another interview for you this week which is from Jaguar Jones from Eurovision Australia Decides obviously took place took part sorry in 2020 and is back again for 2022 now she did an interview with the wonderful Kyriakos from our team um, and he got an amazing interview with her terrific interview where she really revealed some interesting things about her Australia Decides entry and also the relationship with fans take a listen you got a lot of love on your socials as well from fans and Eurovision fans getting very excited. How was the reception um, when the announcement was made? It was so heartwarming because for ages I was deliberating whether or not it was the right choice for me to do again. Um, and two years later, 
Um, but that reception just made me realize like this community is a community that is really important to me and one that I want to keep close to. And so I'm excited to do it all over again. But this time, um, you know, last time I was put on last minute because an artist pulled out. This time I feel like I'm put on there as an artist you know, as an artist myself. So I get to show everyone what I'm about and what I want to say. And I'm so excited for that. And how did it come to be? Uh, did you submit a song or were you approached um, this time around for Australia Decides? Um, like I was approached and asked to submit songs. Yeah. And I, you know, the usual Eurovision process is you get paired with a song that yeah. suits you as an artist, but that isn't how I work as a songwriter. As a songwriter, I need to tell my stories that come from my heart and my experiences. Um, that authenticity is so important to me and that honesty and transparency as well. So I locked myself up for about a month. And I wrote seven songs oh, wow. for Eurovision Australia Decides. Yep. I don't think I've ever worked so hard in pumping these songs out, but I wanted it to be my best work. And so I put everything into making that happen. Now, Eurovision fans and Australia Decides fans really would like to know, even if it's cryptic clues, like what can we expect from your song? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer it, but um, any <laughs> Um, I'm going to be quite confident here and I'm usually very <laughs> modest and humble. I honestly think it's my best song I've ever written in my entire life and it's the most honest song I've ever crafted. Um, so what can you expect? A visual that matches with that as well. So if it's my best work yet in my songwriting, I want it to also be my best work yet in live performance and visual art as well. So really pushing myself to grow here. And I, I know I'm going to deliver. It's going to be, for me, I'm really working hard for this performance to be not an individual pursuit. It's a societal like community spirit that I want to embrace. So. I think everyone has an involvement in this performance and we're going to perform it together. So Ooh, that's what I'm going to say. It's a collaboration for all of us. Now, you've had a huge two years being the forefront of the Me Too movement in the Australian music industry. You've shown tremendous courage, collated stories as part of the movement. You've motivated so many people in the industry. You've also been recognised for your really hard work. You've won the 2002 Air Outstanding Achievement Award and the Triple J Done Good Award. Congratulations on both as well and for your hard work. Um, how has the last two years changed you as an artist? I mean, when you just said that, it made me really emotional because I've just been fighting the last two years. Oh, I'm emotional. But I, you know, COVID um, really made it difficult for our music industry and COVID personally affected me and my health. Uh, and then being on the front lines of the Me Too movement was a lot of um, reliving of trauma. Um and a lot of uh, it's a, a huge test of resilience and fortitude and 
the Eurovision community really held me up through the toughest public two years of my life. Um, again, I'm getting so emotional, but they're like my bestest friends. And I'm being so honest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a really hard two years. Um, and they were just there every step of the way and I talk to them every day and they remind me um, that what I'm doing is important and that um, I have a value and worth as an artist and I have something really important to say and um, they encourage me to just keep pushing on and to do even bigger and better things and I just want to show them that that support has been so worth it that energy has not been wasted i have taken all of that and translated it into what i hope will be something that we will never forget and be extremely proud of but also to connect with everyone in the world to remember that they have a voice too um, and that they can overcome every adversity with grace and have the life that they deserve to have so well, look, that's just a tidbit of the interview, Mike. And number one, some really revealing, interesting things about her entry, but mainly about her as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, what a wonderful human she is. Yeah, it's just the authenticity, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You can just see uh, she's such a just a genuine person. And you can see that this, this is a process she's really emotionally involved in, and she's given a lot of energy to this. So I think it's a masterstroke bringing her back. Um, I just can't wait to see. I'm so excited mm. with what she can bring because if she's bigging it up and she's a very modest person, then I think, fingers crossed, if she can get through, jump through all those hoops and get this performance she wants, we could have something very, very special. And my gosh, if there was a winner for goodwill straight away, she's already passed the finish post already because, um, yeah, people want her to win. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the fans love her. We love her here at Aussie Vision. It's hard when you hear that interview not to go through the range of emotions there. Mm. And look, that was just a snippet. If you want to hear the full thing, just go to our Patreon page um, and subscribe on that one and you will get the full interview with Jaguar Jones, which really is really quite incredible. Worth I would it. recommend it. Worth it. Well, that should cover it all, I think, for the week there, Dale. As you say, we'll, we will come back in the midweek and have a bit of a Junior Eurovision special and a mm -hmm. bit of a uh, preview of that. Uh, but thank you very much for everyone out there. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to chatting to you soon. See you later. Bye.